0: welcome to the freedom Chaser six figure strategies podcast if you're an agent or an investor yet to hit six figures this is the show for you we take a deep dive into strategies to help you achieve the goal of six figures so that you can grow up to seven figures eventually all right welcome to the show meet nadia anak is the ceo of first class real estate golf to bay in tampa florida um Nadia, thank you so much for joining us. I'd love to kick it off right at the beginning. Can you tell us how you got into real estate and how that journey kind of evolved over time?
1: Sure, hi Tim, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to talk a little bit about my story. Hopefully it resonates with somebody else and they don't feel so alone or they're the only one going through the same things. But I got my real estate license about 10 years ago when I first moved to Virginia. I am a licensed attorney. Um, I married somebody in the military. And because of that, I moved around my entire adult life. I've moved around. And so getting a job in, in the legal field was not something that I wanted to do once I went to Virginia. I was pregnant with my second child at the time, and we had no family. We didn't know anybody there, but I had always worked. And so um, in thinking of what I would do next, my husband suggested, well, why don't you just get your real estate license? It can be your own job. You don't have to have a boss. It can be flexible if you need to stay home with the kids. And he was always traveling. And so I would be the primary caretaker for the kids um, and the house and everything else. And so I said, all right, fine, I'll do it. And so I got my license and I hung it with a brokerage that happened to be very close to my house. And that was really... I mean i i did like them it was a brokerage i offered a lot of education and i was really used to education having gone through you know through law school and so i liked that um but really i just got it because i thought well i could put my knowledge of contracts to use um i like being i like helping people and i'm really nosy i like to see how people live so it's perfect i can go in people's houses and check out their their stuff and help them along the way and i knew that the contract part was going to be the easiest one so that's how i got started it took me a really long time to get my first sale um, because i didn't know anybody and so i started calling for sale by owners and that's what i would do every single day Eventually, I got in front of people. Eventually, I got to list property. Uh, I got the listings after many, many, many tries, many, many phone calls, um, and many appointments. And so that's kind of how I started. Um, I was in Virginia for five years. And at the end of my stay in Virginia, I went to, I changed brokerages. I went to First Class Real Estate because they were a brand new brokerage at the time. They had, i think it was the third office that had opened and they were just in that regional area of virginia and i liked it because it was totally different than where i had been i had been a solo agent doing everything on my own in a very traditional brokerage and i wanted to see what the difference of a, was with a brokerage that was more team oriented which is what first class was and so i went over there just to kind of see like Am I gonna like being on a team? Plus I wanted to see how they got that office started up and running. I was doing some research into R&D research and development cause I knew I was I was gonna be moving. When I moved to, I ended up really liking it there, really loved the people there, loved the concept, but then I moved to Tampa and didn't have um, a first class office to go to. So I ended up joining, I wanted to join a team. I liked the team concept and so I joined a team at a very, very big national brokerage. It wasn't the right fit for me. It wasn't the same type of team. And so when the opportunity arose for um, for me to join First Class again, because they opened up an office in Florida, I jumped at that opportunity and I went over to First Class as an agent. Um, and about a year or so later, I decided to open the brokerage. And so I did.
0: Wow. So everything went extremely quickly, it looks like. Um, Let's go back to the beginning a little bit, because I'm sure you mentioned that your first listing took a little bit of time. You're calling cold for sale by owners. What did that look like? A young attorney picking up the phone, going in cold. That must not have been your funnest experience.
1: I actually didn't mind because I had something to do every day. So every day before I left the office, I had my list of people to call the next day. It was very systematic. I had a script that I was using and I just basically picked up the phone and I did it. And I knew if I was gonna make 25 phone calls, I'd be lucky if five people picked up. And if those five people picked up, I could probably get to see four of those five people. Some of those would cancel. And so really out of those 25, I'd get to really go in front of one or two. If I went in front of one or two, eventually I would be able to list half of that, one out of two. Um, But I didn't look at it as like, oh, I'm doing something that's beneath me. I thought I am learning a skill that I didn't have before. It's a skill that I can take anywhere with me. And it's a skill that's preparing me for so much more. I knew that because I had to get in front of people. Even though I was a lawyer, I was a corporate lawyer. I didn't go to court. I didn't, I was just sitting in an office. I loved sitting in my little office, doing my work. Um, And so it wasn't, I really didn't develop those public speaking or speaking with people or networking, those kind of skills. And so this allowed me to do it. And it was the only way that I could think of to generate business because I didn't know anyone, everyone else. It felt like at my brokerage was from that area. They knew everybody, they went to school there, they were born there, their family was there. And so they got to list their family's homes or work with buyers from people that they knew. I didn't have that. And so my only option I felt was for sale by owners or expireds. I liked for sale by owners better because I approached it as I am helping you. I'm I'm providing a service for you. And if nothing else, I get to see what's on the market. And so it was a very non-confrontational approach whereas like for expires, I thought they're already jaded because their house didn't sell. And so I have to overcome so many more obstacles with for sale by owner. If eventually they couldn't sell their house on their own and I had followed up with them enough, they would eventually trust me and hopefully call me and, um, I could list their house. So it was very slow. Um, but once I got my first Fisbo listing, I call the neighbors so this is like a time when you had everybody's phone numbers and people had landlines um and so i called the neighbors and i said i listed your neighbor's home the next door neighbor told me oh well we're going to sell our house over the summer and we don't have an agent i went by i met them so once i sold that first one i sold the neighbor's house they sold the house and then they bought a new house that i helped them purchase and so it just kind of snowballed from there but It did take a long time. And I always saw it. I thought it was fun, you know, getting to see houses and getting myself on a schedule. So I was just on a little schedule and, and I liked it.
0: I like how you're thinking very process and numbers oriented, almost from the very beginning, you're like, Oh, I have to make 25 phone calls. I'm probably only gonna talk to five people, but I'm going to be able to meet one of them. Um, Is that what, ended up being your averages over time? Or is that how it was on the front end? And did your numbers get a little bit better?
1: I don't remember what my numbers, I think after a while I stopped just focusing on for sale by owners and I was able to get repeat customers, you know, sign calls, um, picked up leads from other places as well. But I've always been someone who likes consistency and small steps. I've never been one of the salespeople that comes in and sells 100 houses our first year. I was never in the top, like at the brokerages. I was never like the top salesperson, but I was just very, very consistent. And that was okay with me being consistent because I knew everything that I was doing now is gonna pay off much later in the future. And so if I'm putting down the roots now, creating those relationships. Now I'm building my pipeline now and you need people right now in 30 days, but you also need people down the road so that you're never, you know, really dry. And so when I moved to Tampa, what held me over until I started getting, you know, started over in Tampa and having closings here was, were the referrals and the agents, the agents that I had met, the people that I had met and the connections that I had made, I was getting referrals. I was giving out referrals and getting referrals and closing pending business. So that held me over a little bit until I got started here.
0: Absolutely. So you mentioned when you got started in Virginia, you started with cold calling or FISBOS more so than expireds. Um, How did you restart your business when you moved to Tampa? What did that evolution look like?
1: So I moved to Tampa, it's gonna be five years this summer. So four and a half years ago, and I, didn't want a cold call. Everything had changed. You know, everything was very, very different than from when I first started. Nobody has a landline anymore. Um, it, it was just, I thought I didn't want to do that because I realized that building relationships was kind of what I was really good at. And so instead of doing for sale by owners, I started networking. I joined several na- networking groups i would make it a point to go to at least two networking events a week just to meet people um i you know i joined not only networking groups but groups of things that i liked or i was involved in i joined the the spouses club here um, that was on the base and so through the spouses club i met a couple of people and eventually ended up creating a group called lunch bunch that has about 90 people in it. Um, We just get together for lunch in different places. So I've been able to build my network a little bit faster because I had already built a network in Virginia. And so real estate, although real estate is very local, it's also, it doesn't, you don't have to be limited when you're an agent to just your local area. I have given away referrals all over the country from people that I know that are moving and my niche has been military because that's the kind of life that I've led, and those are the people that I know, which is great because average military family moves every three years. And so, um, so building relationships, networking more was what helped me here in, um, in Tampa
0: absolutely so you mentioned you you joined a military spouses group you mentioned the lunch bunch which i love by the way could you give a little bit more context into that one like how did you start it what was the idea there did it just kind of develop over time or give me an idea how that because like i love these types of things
1: it was very organic um one i remember one there were one or two people from that spouses group That, you know, whenever we saw each other, we would talk about restaurants like, oh, did you go here? Did you see this? This was so good. And so we're always like, oh, we should go try this restaurant. Oh, we should go try this. There are a million places to eat around here. And so I was like, all right, let me just formalize it. And so, I mean, not very formal. I just created a group on Facebook. I added her and then I added some other friends. And so it's a group, it's very diverse. It's people that I just, I've just randomly met and it's friends of friends, friends of other people. And it's also very casual. We get together, we were getting together about twice a month before COVID, before the pandemic, before the shutdowns. And then really we haven't been very active until recently we started again. Um, You know, last year I was building up my business and so I was just focused on that. But this year I said, I gotta do some things that I really like. And so we got it going again. Um, But a lot of people are there. We have a great, it's just just fun. Um, You get to meet other people. We don't talk business, it's not like, Oh, you know, but naturally the conversations do arise and I have gotten business from that because I've built relationships with people. They trust me, they like me, and that's how, and I've given business to other people in the group too, just because of, you know, the nature of it. So it came about because of something that I really like, which is food, (laughs) so it was natural. I didn't create a group or do something that, uh, you know, trying to attract clients it was just a way to meet people. And the more people you meet, the more people, you know, the more conversations you have with people about real estate, the more you fill your pipeline. So, um, and as far as those spouses group, it was a formal group that I joined because again, I didn't know anybody and I wanted to meet people. And at the time it was a great way to meet people. They had events every single month, like, you know, like Bunko and, um, they would have events at different places. And so it was fun. It was a great way to meet people. Um, and I think when you're new to an area, you have to integrate yourself. There's, unfortunately, no one is going to come knocking at your door, at your house, especially and say, Hey, I need a real estate agent. I heard that you're, that's never going to happen. So if you know, nobody, you have to take one of two routes, either create the relationships. Or cold call or do those online leads and so you it's a balancing you can do both or you can just focus on one but you have to do something it's not just going to come by itself
0: absolutely and i love the group that you started because it was more of a passion thing anyways you're going to go out eating anyways you might as well go meet some new people right, <laughs> right. And then we then we, come along with you
1: we take pictures so we'll post pictures obviously and then We'll just we used to also just write like, oh, this is what we thought of, like do a little review on the restaurant so that if anyone else joined, they could have like they could see like, oh, this one sucked. But, you know, Um, or the salad, the octopus salad was great at this place, the best one I've had. Um, And so it was fun. Yeah, it's definitely something that I liked. If I had like baking cakes, I would have probably started a group for people who like baking cakes.
0: Well, exactly i think that's an important distinction too because it's this type of group could be anything that you like right it doesn't have to be anything at all in particular as long as there's another market for people similar to you that like the same activity you can start any type of group and it'll grow over time as long as you don't suck completely at marketing
1: <laughs> right i mean this one is very low effort and it's something that i look forward to it doesn't feel like work sometimes when i go to networking events I mean, okay, honestly, most of the times I have to really force myself to go. Once I'm there, I have a great time. I love it. I'm so glad I went. I always meet somebody that I click with, but I always kind of have to like, oh, okay. I forgot today at 6 PM after a long day that I've had, and I'm wearing really uncomfortable heels, I have to go to this thing. For a lunch bunch, I don't have to, like, it's always fun. I don't care. I'm all like, oh, yeah, we're going to go eat. So I'm always excited. I'm always hungry. So that, that really works. It's a, great, it's a great motivator for me. Food is a great motivator.
0: <laughs> yeah, that tends to be the case. Um, do you think that food is a great motivator for you and that's why you like the lunch bunch so much more? Or do you think it's because you have a little bit of creative control there or a mixture? Um,
1: I mean obviously the reason i put myself in the position to schedule the things and be in charge of it because then it would force me to show up also right because if i wasn't in charge of it i could be like oh you know what today i'm showing property here and it's too far and it's whatever but i do control it and i do schedule them when it's convenient for me and so i show up um and so maybe yeah you're right it's a combination if i was a member of a group um, even though I might love it, work can always get in the way. Kids can always get in the way. Family, you know, life gets in the way, and it's very easy to say no or put it off. I can't put it off if I'm the one hosting it. I can't say, "Oops, never mind, guys, I'm not showing up." So it forces me to show up.
0: <laughs> a little bit of extra accountability, a little bit of extra pressure. It's like, hey, this is my event.
1: Wake <laughs> exactly. on <got> it. Yep. <laughs>
0: All right. Absolutely. Tremendous stuff. So, I mean, you moved to Tampa Bay, you rebuilt your business through networking. I assume you're still working Virginia through a pipeline. Is that correct?
1: So I do have a ton of agent friends in Virginia who send me referrals. Luckily, a lot of people from Virginia moved to Tampa. So it's great. It's been a great source of referrals for me. I don't quite work as much of my personal business, because all of most of my clients, I have already hooked them up with local agents there. And so they're taken care of. And you know, we keep a lot of them we still keep in touch with through Facebook. Um, they're in my CRM. So every I'll contact them. But the most now what happens is referrals, giving referrals and getting referrals.
0: Okay, absolutely tremendous. So like what, what gave you the courage and Why did you choose to purchase a first-class brokerage and start growing that, like fairly early into your career in Tampa?
1: Well, COVID really was a blessing in disguise because, well, it was a blessing for me. Thankfully, nobody that I knew my family, nobody got sick, so I can't, you know, I can only really speak to that. I'm not speaking to the illnesses and the people that got sick, but it was a blessing in that it made me realize that I didn't have a business. I always thought that as a real estate agent, because I did everything, that I ran a business, that I had a business, but it got me thinking that, wait, if I get sick or my kids get sick or something happens to my husband and I can't work, that's it. Like there is no business. I will be out of business. I will be out of business. And so for me, I realized, oh wait, it's just a flexible job. I mean, it's a great job. It gave me. It's a great career, but it's just a flexible job. It's not a business. It can't run without me. And so the idea got planted into my head when the shutdowns happened that um, I need to. I need to multiply myself. I need to have little Nadia's running around everywhere selling property when I can't. And so my first idea was to build a team. I had never built a team. Never hired anybody. You know. And so I said, okay, I'm going to build a team, but when I um, when I made that decision, I was invited to a meeting of franchise owners for First Class Real Estate that was taking place in Orlando. So it was very close to me and that was in December of 2020. And so it was also an opportunity for me to see like my First Class family um, that I hadn't seen in years. So I was like, oh yeah, I'll go hang out with you guys, hear what you guys have to say, whatever. You know, like no, pr- it, there's never really any pressure to do anything, but I was like, okay, I'll go and I'll see. And so then I, I went and I sat in the room and I looked at the people there and I was like, okay, well, they're not like smarter than me. They're not, you know, they don't have anything that I don't have. Maybe they're, I was like, they're not better salespeople. Like they're just regular people, just like me. And they're having all this success and all they're doing is Following a system, really, they're following a system. And I'm very good at following a system. And so, in those two days, you know, somebody told me, like, this is how you build your team, this is how you bring on agents. And they gave me, she gave me the step by step instructions on how she did it. And so I said, okay, well, if that's the formula, I'm going to put it into place. So I went home and I said, I'm going to open up a brokerage. That was December 2020. I remember we went on Christmas break to the mountains in North Carolina, and I was interviewing agents the whole time that I was there. I was having fun too, but there was nothing to do. It was snowing, um, and so I was interviewing agents and just really plugged in the formula that I was given, and it's and it worked. By the time I, you know, I opened in July of 2020, I think we had 15 agents in the brokerage, and then we've grown to we have now, you um, know about 30 or so agents. And so we've grown. We kept growing and all I did was just plug in a formula that someone told me to do. So instead of just running a team that I was going to run like a mini brokerage anyway, I said, "All right, let me just open up the brokerage." And what I liked was the back end stuff, I didn't have to think about. I didn't have to go shopping around for a CRM. I didn't have to negotiate prices with, you know, if I had gotten the CRM that we have, I would have had to negotiate there's, I didn't have any negotiating power. So all those little back end things were already set up for me. And so that I could concentrate on growing the brokerage, because for me, my goal was to not sell real estate anymore, not do the everyday selling and listing of property, but to teach others how to do it because I really just wanted to multiply myself. So they could let you now little Nadia's running around everywhere, all over Tampa Bay, selling property, showing property. And I could, you know, teach them to do it how I did it so they can do it a little bit faster than I did.
0: Absolutely. So now that you have like 30 little Nadias running around Tampa Bay selling houses, how has that experience been? The pros and the cons.
1: Okay. So at (laughs) first I thought, oh my gosh, like who's going to treat my clients better than me? Like I'm such a great agent. Um, You know, who's going to do it better than me? Well, apparently anybody can do it better than me because my, I, my agents are, we have some amazing agents who provide such great service. Um, and so realizing that, you know what, maybe I wasn't so great or it's okay. I was great. I can teach others to be, you know, better than I was a better agent equip them with more things than, you know, I didn't have access to. And so I really like. Like I said before, I like a routine, I like a system. And so I like my role now because I do feel like I have a lot more control over my time. One of the things that you know you have to pay your dues in real estate is you have to work nights and weekends, you have to show property when people are able to see property. Most people work during the day as well, and so unfortunately, you end up writing offers Friday nights. Uh, you show property all day Saturday, you're starving, you're eating out of your car, those kind of things. I'm happy that i'm not doing anymore but i did for many many years and i and i paid my dues i paid my dues and you know worked when my kids were sick had to take my kids along with me so what i love now is that i get to teach agents how to do what i did but do it way better way faster than me and i have complete control over my schedule i am i'm i do make myself available to my agents pretty much any time but it's different It's totally different because I'm not, you know, I'm not driving around showing property. Tampa Bay is huge. And so I used to drive around so much. Um, And so that I think that's a big pro, (laughs) like for me, having a steady schedule that I know every day is going to be exactly the same. I will say when I was an agent, I was very big on scheduling myself and I did get myself on a regular schedule, but um, it's a lot bit different now. So I do like it. I do love um you know when a new, when an agent comes in and they have all this potential and being able to bring that out or you know coming up with ideas that they hadn't thought of for marketing themselves or um helping them through contracts i think i'm very big on education so i do offer a lot of education to my cl- to my clients to my agents and so i love that i love the teaching aspect of it um and yeah freedom Of my time, I think it's probably my favorite, favorite part. Like, I know that I'm not going to get a call to show property on a Friday night when it's my family's pizza movie night that we've done (laughs) forever. So,
0: very cool. So, I mean, it sounds like you've been pretty effective at at eliminating yourself. You have 30 little Nadia's going on. Are you out of production already?
1: I have been out of production for two years. Yep, I have. yeah even you know i've even bought investment property and used some of my agents as my buyers agents representatives so um so yeah i have been out of production that's what i wanted to do that was my goal for opening the brokerage um and that's how i wanted to run it i just wanted to go on to the next level and what i want to do is really find the agents who are who are in that next, you know, who want to go to that next level as well um, and teach them how to do it. Like you can leverage your time. You can, you don't have to start a whole brokerage. I can teach you um, how to start a team. We have great things, great incentives for our agents as well with the 5% for life program. So they can leverage themselves without having to, you know, have a whole team and be responsible for a whole bunch of people. They have options.
0: So, so it looks like you're you're targeting people that are right on the cusp of taking their career to the next level, anyways. Is that correct? Is so that kind of your avatar, your I ideal so. for somebody that's looking to build something, not just
1: yeah, not just you know, if you want to sell real estate for the next forty five years, and that's all you want to do, and that's your passion, then great, because we have we have room for you as well. We definitely have room for you, and we need somebody who is very 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 passionate about working with buyers and sellers all the time, all day long. But I think most people come into real estate because of the freedom of it. And so being able to provide that, you know, that opportunity for freedom from the get go, to me is important. Um, And so the options are there, the opportunity is there. If you want to take it great, if you don't want to take it, you're not ready for the next step, that's okay, we're going to teach you, coach you, guide you, and then move you on to our next level when you're ready, so that you can take your business to the next level.
0: Absolutely. Tremendous stuff. So, I mean, you went from 15 to 30. What are your goals over the next 12 to 18 months? Are you looking to increase more agents? Are you looking to take the next step for yourself and are you looking to do something else?
1: So I am looking to grow. My next goal is to get to 50 agents. Um, That's by the end of 2023. I was going to say 2022, but we're already in 2023. Um, By the end of the year, be at 50 agents. Um, And then And then the next step would be to help another agent open up their own office their own brokerage so last year one of our agents decided it was time for her to spread her wings and so i helped her and she opened up her own office in lakeland very close by and that's kind of what i want i want to find those people who are on the like you said they're on the cusp they just need a little bit you know they need someone to show them and to show them and that it's been done, that it can be done because they've done it themselves and show them that there is opportunity. And sometimes you don't get that opportunity. Um, and so my goal is with 50, you know, to grow to 50 agents, because from those 50, I know I can develop some other great leaders.
0: Absolutely. I think targeting these people right on the cusp, as you just said, is also a great strategy. Actually, I interviewed one guy that grew a brokerage from two to 400, focusing almost exclusively on, um, these agents just about ready to take the next level, but they're not confident enough to go buy a franchise or something like that. And he just gave them the opportunity to do so. (laughs) And like it really steamrolled quickly for him. So I think that's a fantastic strategy because you're focusing on people that are ready to take the leap and you're going to give them opportunities that most people are not going to. So, I mean, it makes it a win-win scenario essentially.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's the goal.
0: Cool. All right, Nania. So like, Loved this question. So like, if you had a billion dollars and a hundred lifetimes full of cash flow, what would you do with your time?
1: Oh gosh, what would I do with my time? Um, I probably still work in some capacity. Um, but if I had a lot of money, I would not go to the grocery store anymore. <laughs> I guess I can I can probably not go to the grocery store anymore now. Um but I would definitely have someone who cook all my meals and I would definitely have help around the house more than I do now. I have I do have help um but I would have it like around the clock. I think that's what I would do. I would definitely travel more, spend more time with, you know, visiting friends and family in different places, but I would work. I would still work and I would still want to expand, you know, nationally, globally, create like this super big team because if I had unlimited funds then I know that I could help people in different ways that I can't now um and so yeah probably still keep working but taking lots and lots and lots of vacations
0: (laughs) there you go um I love that you mentioned, well, I mean, I'd love to double tap onto this, actually. You had mentioned that military spouses are underpaid and overeducated. You seem pretty passionate about that community. I'd like to open the floor up to you there.
1: Yeah. So there are over 12 million military spouses. um, And the truth is, a lot of us are very educated and because we have to move around so much, we don't get the same opportunities. Every time I moved around, I had to get a job in a law firm in a position that was a paralegal position or an assistant position or a junior attorney position. And I never had the opportunity to get gain enough experience in that one place to go to the next level. And so every time that I moved, I had to reinvent myself. I worked in many different legal capacities. I also worked as a, when I moved to Hawaii, um, for part of the time, I was a professional photographer and I would take, you know, I would do photography for families, portraits. Um, so I created all these different things because I felt like I wanted to work. I could contribute to my family financially. I wanted to, um, but I never got the opportunity. I never had the opportunity to stay in one place long enough where I could, go up in the company or even start a company, right? Like I I didn't have enough experience, but with real estate, when I got into real estate, I said, okay, well, you know, even though real estate is local, you have to know your local area, the skills are very transferable. The skills that you learn, you know, whether it's cold calling, getting yourself on a schedule, sales, doing, you know, showing property, interacting with people, going through the contract, all those things are really skills that you can do anywhere. The only thing you have to learn is the nuances of the new place that you're at, right? And so when I got to, when I found real estate, I found a way for me to be able to go up in a company or in a career where I hadn't found one before because with real estate, you can really do anything. You really can do anything. and so one of the big things is that i would love for other military spouses who are in real estate or getting into real estate to know that you can't you don't you can have virtual offices i could my husband just retired from the military but had he not retired and been active duty and if we had to move somewhere else i could run my company from anywhere i really could i have it set up in a way where there is no need for anyone to come into a physical office. We do have an office, you can come to it, but everything is set up so that you can work remotely. We're still very connected, we have lots of live trainings, we have lots of interactions, we do a lot of fun things together, but it's set up that I can be, I don't have to be in Tampa in order to run the business. And so I wanna teach others that they can, they can do the same thing. They don't have to be in shackled to one area. They can have offices in multiple places. Can you hear that? Speaking of a shared co-working space, somebody is drilling into a wall right now out of all the I time.
0: Can, I can hear it. It's not the it's not terrible, don't worry. Okay. <laughs> You're good. Um absolutely tremendous. So obviously real estate makes a lot of sense for anybody that is coming from a military family um i'm also curious you being a i don't know if former attorney is the right word um <laughs> you being a licensed attorney before what was that
1: a reformed attorney yeah
0: reformed not- attorney yeah like what do you think like in terms of skill set what do you think transferred over from you being a former attorney to real estate besides obviously real estate law i'm sure that was relevant
1: <laughs> i mean the real estate law part i didn't really know anything about real estate law at all so just because i had a law degree i worked in a completely different in completely different fields i had no idea i think the skill of attention to detail um contracts the contract is the most important thing you have to know it back and forth you need to be able to not only know it but explain it to your clients whether they're sellers or buyers explain what the legal ramifications are I mean, you know, I never use my legal degree. I never pretend to be an attorney when I'm talking to them. But the fact that I understand the terms, I understand, you know, the difference between and or, or in a, uh, in a contract that could mean the difference between your buyer getting their earnest deposit back or not. And so I think that definitely helped, um, I think it does also put people's minds at ease if they know that I am an attorney that I, you know, I don't know. It makes people feel better. I guess uh, even I haven't practiced in so many years, but you know, having that little degree, that little JD behind my name, it differentiates me from a lot of other real estate agents that just don't have that background.
0: Absolutely. And then do you think that has helped you in training new agents?
1: Probably not because when I was an attorney, I didn't really have, I just worked for somebody. I worked for a big company. Um, I didn't really have anyone, a paralegal or anyone that I oversaw. I mean, I probably did at some point, but I had some help. But no, not really. I don't think it, (laughs) maybe, but I don't think so. I think, I don't think it had much to do with it. (laughs) Gosh, seriously, what is this? Oh,
0: they're like right behind me, drilling into the wall. So it sounds like a plane. <laughs> yeah. I think we got a moment here, Nadia. Um, so Nadia, thank you so much for giving us your time, giving us a glimpse into your business and into your life. If anybody listening wanted to reach out to you, what would be the best way for them to do so?
1: Um, you can find me on Instagram, Nadia Anak, A-N-A-C. Um, look go look for first-class real estate gulf to Bay um Nadia Nak I'm the only one I think in the world so if you Google me you'll get all of my information Uh, I'm very very reachable I am very responsive and so I'm happy to help answer any questions um at any time and be a resource for anybody who's even you know thinking of going into real estate I'm happy to answer questions
0: absolutely tremendous nadia your information will be below so that the audience could easily access it and reach out to you if they want to um to those of you chasing freedom freedom is accomplished one action at a time so go out there and commit to taking one action and do so consistently tell somebody you know that will help hold you accountable and before you know it you too will be living a life of freedom so thank you for tuning in and we will catch you on the next one